Welcome to the Running After 40 podcast, the podcast about all things related to running at 40 and beyond, produced by www.runningwithgrit.com. We help you stay physically healthy and emotionally strong at any running pace. I'm Sarah, your host, and a wife, a full-time working mom with three kids, three dogs, and a lifetime passion for running. Whether you are a veteran runner looking to maximize your times as a master runner or a brand new jogger starting in your 40s, 50s, or any age, this podcast will be there for your journey. I want to share stories, secrets, and strategies for success. This includes mistakes and lessons learned, all related to running past age 40. Let's hit the play button together and hit the roads as runners with grit after age 40. Hey, welcome to episode 11 of the Running After Age 40 podcast. I'm Sarah, your host, and today we're going to mix it up a little bit, and I am going to share 10 things that runners should know about vitamin D. And what uh, kind of instigated this in my head was my son has a stress fracture in his tibia. It's not from running, but he is an elite level athlete. And I do think that he was not taking vitamin D like he should have been and just not getting enough vitamin D and calcium from his diet. So I did some research on my own and I thought I would share it with the audience and see what you guys thought. I'd love to hear which supplements you take, how much, uh, if you've had any benefits from taking taking vitamin D and whatnot. So please make sure to share those with with us so that I can pass all along to the community. So as we approach shorter days here in the Midwest, uh, it's starting to get dark really early. It's dreary. There's less sunshine. Uh, We're spending more time indoors in the evening. So in general, I think all of us as runners, walkers, joggers, we need to think about our levels of vitamin D. So high levels of vitamin D. And when I say high, I'm not saying over the normal. I'm saying like within the range, but uh, at the higher, like upper range of normal. Uh, They're associated with better sports performance and reduced injury rates. And that's exactly what I want. And I'm sure you want as a runner too. So I've got 10 things to go over. So the first one's really basic. What exactly is vitamin D? So I like to think of vitamin D as the sunshine vitamin. So vitamin D is a fat-soluble nutrient, and it's required to absorb calcium and phosphorus. That's required in tune to make and keep our bones strong. So fat-soluble and water-soluble vitamins, you might have heard of those and just kind of always took it, you know, whatever, they're, you know, pretty much one and the same. They're not. Fat-soluble vitamins are what they say they are. So they're absorbed with fats in your diet, and they're stored in your fatty tissue and in your liver. So something unique about vitamin D, our bodies do not produce vitamin D naturally. You might have heard, you know, our body makes it. It doesn't actually, unless you have ultraviolet rays. And so if you do, if you're out there in the sun for 10, 15 minutes without sunscreen and you're exposed to the sunlight's ultraviolet rays, your skin can produce vitamin D. Then it undergoes some chemical processes that I'm not going to go in for the sake of this podcast, put you to sleep if you're out there jogging or trying to get your daily chores done. Uh, It has to undergo this specific chemical process before it can gain full hormonal activity. So that's what vitamin D is. So why all the buzz about vitamin D? You might have read it in a magazine, seen it on the internet, you know, and seen kind of as like the latest thing in the last couple of years, especially even with COVID. There were a lot of uh, analyses looking at levels of vitamin D and patients with COVID. 
So in recent years, the buzz all kind of began because we are exposed to lower amounts of sunlight. We're wearing sunscreen when we're out. And, you know, those of us in the Midwest and the northern um states or countries, you know, we just frankly aren't exposed to very much sun. Uh, So that's, that's kind of where that came from. And we know, again, vitamin D promotes calcium absorption, we need that for our bone strength and our growth. And, you know, what we found were there was a lot of diseases that we started to see associations with low vitamin D levels and uh, having those specific diseases. So low vitamin D is associated with having a higher uh, amount of inflammation throughout your body. Uh, Also, possibly autoimmune conditions, cardiovascular disease, uh, diabetes, uh, and just a a variety of things related to your immune system that I won't go into in detail, um, but just a lot of different things. And now I will say like the studies are really conflicting and there's a lot of meta-analyses. Some go back and forth. There, there'll be large studies looking at a lot of people and they'll say, oh, it didn't make any difference at all. Um, but I think there's a lot of good data looking at if you don't have a normal level of vitamin D, you definitely are predisposed to having a variety of these conditions. So I think it's something worth taking a look at. So with that, what is normal? Uh, So if you look right now, I'd say in the last 10 years, anywhere between 40 to 70% of us in America uh, have low levels of vitamin D. And, you know, throughout the world, the rates are pretty similar to that, maybe a little bit better, um, less, you know, prevalent, but it's still pretty high. Uh, I thought it was interesting. One study in uh, looking at runners in Dallas reported actually up to 75% or three out of four of runners who ran an average of 20 miles per week were vitamin D deficient. So definitely something we want to think about as runners. So normal levels were previously thought to be between 20 to 40 nanograms per milliliter. So back in 2011, this kind of became a conflict and the Endocrine Society suggested that the minimum needed to be 30. So instead of 20, they bumped that up to 30. And then some experts were even uh, suggesting between 40 to 60. And they said that was because of the variation in assays and kind of better to be safe than sorry. Uh, Some sports medicine physicians are still suggesting a level of 50 to be optimal. So I would say, you know, anywhere from 30 to 40, you're safe. Um, You don't want to go higher than 50 or 60. There's definitely no benefit and just keep increasing. Um, there's actually harm to be had, you know, with anything in uh, too, too, uh, too much of anything is good, right? Uh, is not good, I guess, <laughs> the opposite. But uh, so think about that. But if you're under 20, and probably if you're under 30, that's low. Uh, so that's kind of a good rule of thumb. You want to shoot for 30 to 50. So that raises the question, how can I get my vitamin D levels checked? Uh, your doctor can uh, measure this with a simple blood draw, and there's also at-home tests uh, available. And it's really cheap. I just looked it up quick uh, before I started recording, and I think it's around $60 to pay out of pocket, um, but most insurance companies will pay for this. So, you know, we talked about it briefly, but I want to be specific because I just uh, gave, you know, a really brief overview of what is the risk of having that low or vitamin D deficiency. So again, various diseases, I I will list some cancer, diabetes, multiple sclerosis, autoimmune conditions, cardiovascular disease. Those are the big ones. 
Uh, so what, what does it look like though? You know, before you get those diseases, what are some of the signs or symptoms you may have? Unfortunately, a lot of people don't have any symptoms at all. They don't even know. Uh, but the people that do, some of them are complaining of poor sleep quality, uh, feeling tired, uh, feeling achy and just, you know, maybe a little bit more irritable. Specifically to us runners, vitamin D deficiency can negatively affect our training and performance. So if you have low levels of vitamin D, your bones are going to be more susceptible to injuries and you're going to be at higher risk for stress fractures, which no one wants that to happen. You also might feel weaker than normal and you might be more apt to get colds and other sicknesses. So as winter comes here, you know, it's something to think about. Uh, Make sure that your immune system is as good as it can be. So with that, should you take a vitamin D supplement? So if you look at the requirements for ages 1 to 70, the minimum amount of vitamin D per day that we should be getting is 600 IUs. And then for 70 plus adults, it goes up to 800 IU. So in general, if you look at the data out there, most adults should take a vitamin D supplement of 2,000 IUs per day. Uh, if you want to be you know, a little lower, you can go to the 1,000. So 1,000 to 2,000 units per day. So which kind should you take, vitamin D2 or vitamin D3? Uh, I recommend personally, and again, this is not medical advice. This is just, you know, friend to friend, podcast listener to podcast listener. I would recommend taking the vitamin D3. Uh, That's the type of vitamin D that your bodies actually make when it's exposed to sunlight. So you can get that at any uh, pharmacy or even off of Amazon to make it really quick and easy. So following up to that, you know, is one vitamin D supplement better than the other? We've all been on the uh, pharmacy, you know, going down the aisles and seeing all these different supplements, wondering which one should we take? Is one better than the other? You know, just because it's more expensive doesn't make it better. Uh, The one thing, you know, I always bring people back to where none of these supplements are regulated. So, you know, I used to say you could take a broom and you could sweep up the dirt off the floor, put it in a pill and package it up and sell it. So I think it's always a good idea to go for store brand, um, even though you might think, oh, that's generic. It's actually, you know, the store usually for large store brands, they usually do a lot of testing on their own because the last thing they want to be is in consumer reports with their vitamins, you know, showing that they didn't have in it what they were supposed to have in it. Uh, a couple other brands that I recommend would be Now off of Amazon and then also Nature Made, and you can get that at Target or Amazon as well. And uh, as far as pills, drops, whatever form you prefer is fine. Uh, it doesn't really matter as long as you take it. And then time of day, people have asked that before too. Um, you know, I usually would recommend taking it in the morning just because it's easier to remember. Uh, and there's some data that there's people that do complain about it affecting their sleep. Whether or not it's actual vitamin D or or something maybe that they're taking it with, you know, that could be, but, you know, better to be safe than sorry. So are there any concerns about taking the vitamin D supplement with other medicines or foods? So for best results, remember this is a fat-soluble vitamin, you should take it with a healthy fat. So some examples of that would be an avocado, an egg, make sure the yolk is included, um, or a handful of nuts or seeds. Uh, The healthy fat will help that fat-soluble vitamin to be absorbed. So another easy thing you could do is just take the vitamin D with your largest meal of the day um, just to make sure that it has some fat in it. 
if you do take other medicines, you know, this podcast is not for going into drug interactions. And that's something that you should definitely consult with your pharmacist or your doctor before you increase and add on to your vitamin D. Okay, Uh, just moving on. So what about foods? You know, I talked about the supplements. I recommend 1,000 to 2,000 units per day. Uh, But definitely trying to get as much as you can from food is always best. But it is tough with regards to uh, vitamin D. So I'm going to give you some examples. Uh, Fortified milk, it doesn't matter if it's white or chocolate. And a lot of the plant-based milks are now fortified as well. In general, if you think like an eight ounce cup of milk, that gives you about 100 units of vitamin D. So that gives you a feel for, you know, what you're getting there. Um, Other good sources are oily fish, and that would be things like tuna, uh, trout, and mackerel, uh, beef liver, egg yolks, uh, chicken breasts, uh, fortified cereals or da- dairy products. And these, uh, the fortified ones usually contain vitamin D2 and they don't, wouldn't contain vitamin D3. Uh, and then wild mushrooms like portobello mushrooms and beef, beef liver, if you can get yourself to eat that, which I can't. I personally just take the vitamin D supplement. Uh, so, If you are going to do this, again, check with your doctor to see what your level is before you start playing around with it. Uh, And if you are low or you're, you know, borderline low and you start to increase your vitamin D, you might wonder how soon should I get repeat testing done? So it generally takes between three to four months for your levels to change and show up as different on the subsequent blood draw. So I would recommend waiting and retesting after three to four months. And then if you still have not achieved the adequate level, then you can readjust your diet and then retest again after three to four months. So that's a quick summary about vitamin D and running and just overall, you know, why we probably need a supplement in our uh, diet, in, in our lifestyle to just make sure that we're preventing injury, illnesses, uh, and just being the best runners that we can be. That's it for this episode of the Running After Age 40 podcast. We will be back with real stories uh, with interviews from my running friends uh, who are doing amazing things in their 40s and beyond. Please take a minute, if you can, and just review this show. Give us a like on iTunes as it really does help us uh, show up. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Running After Age 40 podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate and give us a like in iTunes. Also check out our website, www.runningwithgrit.com for all things related to running over the age of 40. We have a special gift guide up for the holidays on the site designed to share stocking stuffer ideas and gifts for runners at pretty much every price. Thanks for listening.